Hello and welcome to The Opposite Effect. I am one of your co-hosts, Dustin Diodato. And I am one of your co-hosts, Dave Worth. Dave. Dustin. This is our first podcast in the uh, post-apocalyptic era. This is this is the first uh, uh, post-inauguration podcast we have done, uh, which is shocking because if you had asked me how long it had been since the inauguration without me having access to a calendar or anything like that, I would have said maybe six or seven years. <laughs> it has been five days. Yeah, it, it's mind-boggling. It's Will it ever not be like this? Yes. Because eventually you will run out of, of things to destroy that you love. Or we'll die. Sure. Right, or we'll die. Some, someday we'll die, one way or another. Yeah, there's um, a, I guess there's a finite amount of good in the universe. <laughs> when that, when that, when good, that good is gone. Right. Now, some might say that the human mind will make it so that we will turn bad into good. Uh-huh. Well, because we just absolutely have like, to. Like the cool kids already did. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, I would say that, no, we will just numb ourselves into oblivion, and the sale of whiskey will go up a lot. Yeah. Um, the sale of whiskey around my house is going up quite a bit. Um, See? He's already bringing jobs back. He's Whiskey jobs. Whiskey jobs. <laughs> uh, I, um, I have a theory that uh, Trump has attention deficit disorder. Um, and that's not so much a theory as like Trump has attention deficit disorder. He yeah. just ping pongs from one thing to another. But, um, uh, and I say that as somebody who has a certain amount of attention deficit, uh, I, I feel like Trump is giving the country attention deficit disorder. Like mm-hmm. so many things are happening at once now mm-hmm. that we're just we cannot cope with this overwhelming amount of information. I don't have a joke. <laughs> it would have been good to have a joke to sort of sew that up and button it. Nope. Um, but I don't have that because I'm too busy uh, just being incredibly anxious. Yeah. Um, just to raffle off a couple of quick things. And we have a main topic that we're yeah. trying to hit. But... Um... Uh, so in a short amount of time, uh, executive order to try and gut Obamacare, although it really doesn't do much of anything. Yeah, the executive order, all the executive orders he's signed, according at least, to at least one article I've written, were are, are more legally worded like memos. Yeah, they're more ceremonial. Yeah. Uh, they've uh, made it difficult to provide funding to uh, any group that uh, condones or acts upon abortion. Right. Overseas. Specifically. Overseas, specifically. Um, there has been a, uh, at least perceived, although denied gag order, uh, for the USDA yep. and, uh, the, um, EPA and the parks department and the parks department. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? What am I, what am I missing? Oh, um, I mean, that's ignoring, uh, the whole kerfuffle with, uh, with, uh, how many people were at the inauguration, which right. I don't even think we need to get into because right. it's, it's. Uh, publicized. Yeah. Um, highly publicized. His, uh, his um, press secretary screamed at the press, um, called them like the worst people in the world, and said uh, that he had alternative facts. No, Kellyanne Conway. Kellyanne Conway used alternative facts. He used some other Orwellian term for uh, that, I'm, that I'm blanking on because 
sometimes we can disagree on what the facts are. Right, right, right. Holding all this in memory is the other thing. Like, um, it's a common tactic of people who are trying to make you feel crazy Mm -hmm. to just pepper you with information and then try and quiz you back on it after the fact. And you can't remember all of it because there's so much information they gave you. Um, If you get a chance, and probably you already have because so many people have seen it, uh, uh, I think it's Meet the Press. Uh, interview with Kellyanne Conway is the place that that happened. Mm-hmm. I can't remember if it's Meet the Press or Face the Nation, but I'm going to go with Meet the Press. I thought it was Chuck Todd. Yeah, but what show does he... Uh, he he does Face the Nation. He does Face the Nation? Yeah. Um, you sure? Uh, me, isn't Meet the Press... Um, what's his face? John Dickerson? Um, yeah, well, uh, whatever it is. Yeah. That show. That um, show with Chuck Todd. That show with Chuck Todd. That happens on Sundays. That, I was, sh- that show with the other genial white guy. Yeah. Uh, I was watching it live at the time. Um... And as she says the alternative facts thing, you could see her, like, know it's wrong. Because she pauses, and it was one of those things that, like, you know somebody had told her yeah. was the thing she should say. She knew she shouldn't say it. But she also knew that she had basically, like, been backed into a corner, had no other choice, and then just sort of vomited it out and knew that, like, that's a thing that's just going to be in... Yeah. In the world now. Yep. I'm going to have to explain that one to my kids someday. Yeah. Uh, it, it's uh, the equivalent, in my mind, of Stephen Colbert's, like, truthiness. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, in some ways is, like, you know, a, a similar concept. <laughs> uh, this was, like, her thing that, like, that's just a that's just a phrase that we, that's, like, out in pop culture now that we're going to use to make fun of just about everything that there is. Yeah. Um, speaking of things that we're going to make fun of, yeah. um, and just, just all of this is based on like that radical insecurity that's going on, uh, is voter fraud. Mm-hmm. Um, technically this probably kicks off with crazy Trump tweets, but I don't know that we actually have the, the tweet in front of us at the moment. No, we don't. Um, uh, we can dig it out, but why bother? Trump tweeted, it was crazy. Uh, he tweeted that um, that uh, he was going to put together. He was he was going to ask for an investigation. He he tweeted policy. Yeah, a massive investigation a ma- into the fact that three to five million illegal immigrants voted in the election. Yes, he he's looking into it in multiple states, and uh, he's he's very upset uh, with all but, the illegal voting that right. happened. Which I am a huge supporter of. Yeah, look. Because, look, we don't know how those illegal immigrants voted. If three, point, if three to five million illegal immigrants voted, to, in my mind, that negates the election. Right, sure. I mean, that, if, if that's true, you know we, have to, we have to re-vote. Right. I don't even think we need an investigation, to be perfectly yeah, honest with you. I think you. we should just assume that the entire... Uh, the entire vote. People were saying this, by the way. People like people on Trump's side were like, "Why is he doing this? Why yeah. is he calling into question of an election he won?" Right? Because I'm the fuck on board. Let's do. Let's set it up. Let's find out who voted illegally. Let's find. Let's find out all the illegal votes, and then let's say we have to rerun. Right. And look, elections aren't cheap. No. Okay. Getting all that stuff together 
It's not cheap. There's millions of dollars there. Mm-hmm. So I say, you and I start a GoFundMe <laughs> for <laughs> a re-election. Sure. And if we get to, say, the $100 million that it's going to cost, mm-hmm. then we all agree. Like That we let, get the $100 million. Yeah, that we get the $100 yeah, million. Yeah. Look, so that'll be the option. That we either do another vote mm-hmm. or you and I get $100 million. I think either way I win. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So to, to, to give a little background as every, um, uh, news organization worth any amount of, um, integrity has stated, there's been no evidence of any voter fraud in person. Voter fraud doesn't happen. You can, you can, you can very easily discern why voting happens on one day in non-primary elections in general elections. So, when it happens, when you vote, you have one day to vote as many times as you can if you're committing voter fraud. Mm -hmm. At best, if you are in a city, it is 10 minutes travel between polling places. There are lines. You have to go in knowing that the person you're impersonating is not there, hasn't voted, and won't vote that day. Because they're going to come in and countersign. Mm-hmm. And if you say, I'm Bob Menendez, and then Bob Menendez is already signed, somebody's going to go, dude, don't appear to be Bob Menendez. So now you go to jail. Or if Bob Menendez comes in later and somebody's countersigned for Bob Menendez, then Bob Menendez is going to be like, we have to throw all these out and start over. Right. But, but here's what you're forgetting. Illegal immigrants are just slippery, dirty they're people. They're crafty yeah. They are so crafty. Here's what they go out and they do. All right. All right. They find a social security number that nobody's using. Right. Or make right. one up that seems valid. Mm-hmm. Then they apply for a driver's license. Okay. Or a non-voter or a non-driver's ID. Mm-hmm. Then they hack the government. <laughs> okay. And then make sure that that social security number lines up with the information that they put in right. that's tracked back to the U.S. government. Right. Then, then. they take that driver's license right. and use that to register to right. vote. And then they vote illegally because it's really important to them to vote in a way right. they're like... Because the average... like The average illegal immigrant is thinking, let's shine a big old light on me. Right. Let's, let's go to some place where I got a flash ID... Claim to be somebody and have a bunch of cops standing around while I do it. That seems like a good use of my time because I want to get kicked out of the fucking country. Right. So you're really going to make the argument that three to five million people created false IDs. Created false IDs that are in databases. Yes. That are in databases as real somehow. And then register for their location. If you believe this, please tell me some other lunatic... Like, send us all the lunatic things we, that you believe, because I can't figure out how I can monetize this, but you believe some real stupid shit that I'm sure I could take some money out of you from. Yeah. Now, um, there is a way to commit voter fraud. All right. That's actually not that hard. Okay. If you illegally... Yes. Um, if you own multiple residents, okay, uh, and then 
you register to vote as your primary resident in multiple locations, oh. and you have a plane, uh-huh. you could go from district to district where you are registered to vote in both of those places, mm-hmm. assuming that it hasn't been like flushed out of the system, which it will typically get. At some point. At some point. Uh, then technically, you could vote in multiple locations. Yeah, you could even uh, vote absentee in one. Right. Um, so... Uh, Somebody who is, say, very rich and mm-hmm. has multiple homes, right. like, for example, um, senior advisor to the president, Steve Bannon, oh, um, could conceivably commit voter fraud. And I'm not saying that he did. No, no, no. And I'm I not mean, saying I, that... Is he re- I'm sure he's only registered in one place. No, he's registered in two places. What? Right. That's shocking. Yeah, because he somehow doesn't understand voter law. Mm-hmm. Um, and doesn't realize that you um, that you have to switch those things. Well, I mean, in fairness to Steve Bannon, yeah, uh, he's white, right? And voter law is about non-whites. Let's be yeah. let's be honest. Um, for example, also Tiffany Trump. Well, yeah. Um, same situation, huh? But she's she's a woman, huh? Um, and I thought things were against women too, but apparently well, she's white. Yeah, she's white. She's white. Um, and Stephen Newton, the uh, Treasury Secretary. White, right? White, yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, he's also registered to vote in two separate places. Huh. So Certainly not the former head of the RNC, though. Is he also? Right? Yeah. Yeah, he's registered in um, multiple places. All right. So, so I did some math. Right. Um, and I was like, okay. Uh, seemingly, the easiest way to commit voter fraud is to own multiple homes. And... Register to vote where you have two homes. Right. Um, so I, I looked up, uh, ha- I went to the Housing and Urban Development uh, website to figure while out. While it's still up. While it's still up. <laughs> um, <laughs> before, <laughs> before a brain surgeon gets mustard all yeah. over it. Um, the, the most recent stats I could find were 2012, but go with me on this one. I'm, I'm following you to the ends of the earth. Uh, 9.1 million mm-hmm. uh, Americans. Uh, own a second home. Okay. Mostly for like, you know, recreational, sure. whatever. Your recreational home. Right. Um, I'm just saying that like, you know, it's one of those like, I'll be there sometimes. Yeah. Kind yeah. of situations. Uh, Otherwise so, you'd be an amoeba. So I, <laughs> it's true. Um, so, uh, uh, so I tried to follow along with the logic of the whole thing. So, okay. So if I assume that people with second homes commit voter fraud, they do. Because that, that's why you're doing it. Yeah. Um, then we say, okay, um, I'm going to make the assumption that in order to uh, own a second home, you, your family as a whole has to earn greater than $200,000 a year. I think that's a so fair think, assumption. Yeah. Because yeah. um, you're paying for two homes. Yeah. Um, uh, if you are earning greater than $200,000 a year, uh, the party affiliation breaks down to about 55% Republican. Okay. Uh, to... Uh, 40% Democrat. Mm. So, assuming that all of these people committed voter fraud, um, then that creates a situation where uh, 1.4 million more Republicans committed voter fraud. Right. Um, And if you divide those people um, across the states by general, like... Population. Yeah. And so forth. Um, and then remove those votes because they're a 
They're yeah. obviously illegal votes. Um, then Hillary wins the election. Right. Hands down. Well, and also... she wins Michigan. She right. wins Wisconsin. And she definitely wins Pennsylvania. And uh, not for nothing, but then the polls were exactly right. Yeah. So, like, I think... Cons- I think you found it. I, I think, think I figured, figured it, it out. out, yeah. And then, and, and and then Trump is doing us all a very good fi- big favor right. here. And then let's add one other thing into this fact, that if you voted illegally, mm. so you voted in two different places, then technically your vote in both places should be disqualified. Should, should. So that would actually mean that there's greater than 3 million votes swing between mm-hmm. the two, which would mean that, A, Hillary won the election by 6.1 million votes, mm-hmm. or maybe 6.3 or 4, I don't really remember exactly what it was, um, giving her the greatest victory that we've had in a, in a decently long time, right. I- if ever. Right. Um, Based on actual better math. Right. Uh, crazy, ridiculous, stupid math is still more scientific yeah. than the... Three to five million illegal immigrants voted. My, I think that's that's. I think that's much more likely than what Trump thinks happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was reading, but it, but it must come from somewhere. What Trump thinks? Yeah. Well, I was reading about that today. Um, uh, first, when I woke up, I read um, his tweets, and I was like, oh no. Oh no! This is it. This is where it begins. You know, this is how fascism. This is how we slide into fascism, basically, mm. because they run some kind of study, and they find some kind of fraud that they gin up, and then they use it to crack down on voting. And suddenly, like, there's never a Democrat in office right. again. And I found that study. Mm-hmm. Here's the here's the fun thing about that study because that was yeah. a study that was done. Uh, I forget exactly the name of the group that did it. It was right. some uh, some sort of like electoral unit group or whatever the hell it is. Um, And technically, even though the study has been wildly debunked, um, the window that they gave for how many many illegal immigrants voted, the high end, Mm -hmm. 3 million. Oh, wow. The low end, 38,000. Huh. So... Even in that article, they were saying, well, it's somewhere, based on our science, between 38,000 and 3 million. That's like saying the sun is somewhere between uh, the distance of the moon and the distance of the sun away. Yes. Like, yeah, it's somewhere in there. Right. Like... Hey, I'm 40 years old, but the margin for error there is somewhere between three years and like 30 million years. Yeah. So maybe I am 40 or maybe I'm an immortal god. It's a little unclear because I'm giving myself like a pretty big margin for error. Um, So some might argue that a study with a margin of error that, that ridiculous is, is yeah. might not actually be science. Might not. It might not be something that you would want to base a giant like investigation right. from the US government on. Well, and in fairness, 
it doesn't sound like they're going to. It sounds like like Trump's going to do his own investigation, um, which I found, you know, like, again, I was, I was, I walked around all day just depressed being like, oh, fuck, we're so fucked. Like, this is, this is how, it, this is how we, it starts. This is how, and I, I've been doing all these like self-justifying things of being like, well, you know, like uh, millions of people lived and died under Soviet Russia and they had normal lives. You'll be fine. We'll all be fine. And you'll just suck not being, having true freedom again. Oh, well, a lot of people don't. Um, but you, but you understand that like by virtue of us doing this podcast, like we're, we're full Siberia, like we're yeah, you know, I mean where wherever like I'm assuming Arizona is our Siberia, yeah, like nice weather, yeah, uh, um, but just like there ain't nothing there, yeah. Well, I'll get a tan. Um, point being, could be like, Wyoming. I was walking around being upset, and then uh, towards the end of the day. I saw this article in the New York Times that I read, and it talked about the genesis of where this idea Trump has comes from, mm. like why he tweeted this. Trump has a Trump had a meeting maybe a day ago at um, at the White House, several Democrats, several Republicans, all of whom basically turned around and leaked this story mm. after after it happened because they were like, this is the craziest fucking thing. Right. And what happens is Trump goes into the meeting and he's like, voter fraud's a huge problem. And everybody in the meeting is like, is it, is it though? Because you won and maybe you just no. And Ryan's previous is like trying, like trying to grab his coat and be like, look over there, a thing that you could talk about. And Trump's still like just barreling on. And he, Trump illustrates it by telling a story about a, a very famous golfer. Mm-hmm. And this very famous golfer, Bernard go, Langer. Bernard Langer goes to vote and gets turned away. What? He gets told he can't vote. And he's, he's like, but look at all these other people in line who look like they shouldn't be able to vote. And Trump starts listing South American countries that they were probably from. Mm hmm. Which is insane. Yeah. Um, so Trump is representing this famous golfer as doing profiling of other voters while complaining that he can't vote. And just to be clear, mm-hmm. there's a very good reason why he can't vote. Right. Well, the Times, the Times takes that information and goes to the, the, the golfer in question. Yeah. And, says, and can't get him because he's, he's dug a hole and, and piled dirt atop himself. Right. And, and, and Trump has said, like, my best buddy. Yeah. My best friend. Yeah. The, the, the guy's daughter, though, will talk to them. And, he's like, and she's like, yeah, my father met Trump once mm-hmm. and told a story about his friend in passing, getting turned down to vote. But my father can't vote in this country. He's a naturalized German citizen. (laughs) So his example... Trump is basing his entire policy on a story he half-remembers, misheard, and misunderstood. Yes. Which, which in its... If it were true... Yes. It would actually back up the argument of that there was no voter right. fraud because they tried to the guy break away. the law. Yeah. Um, and when I heard that, 
like all this weight lifted off my shoulder. And I was just like, this fucking idiot, this jabroni can't do anything right. We're going to be fine. We're going to be not fine, guys. We're really fucked. But <laughs> he's such a fucking um, like sack of shit idiot that as much damage as he's going to try to do, he's going to do as much to his own body and soul and fail at a lot of it. So I felt a little better after that. It's still insane. It's only been five days. How has it only been five days? No. There's, no gonna, there's never going to be a point, Dustin, where we go, what are we going to talk about? Yeah. But, I mean, again, maybe he'll run out of shit. You know, we didn't even get into, like, uh, rumors circulating around him defunding uh, National Endowment for the Arts. Yeah. Public broadcasting. The NEH. And, yeah. Yeah. My wife works in the humanities. Yeah. So that's great. That's great. Uh, she doesn't work at the NEH, fortunately. Those poor people. All they've done. All they've done. The NEH. I was, I was reading about the NEH. You know what the NEH does, among other things? They get... Uh, they give grants to organizations that uh, do veterans outreach mm-hmm. with the humanities to like, I, look, I'm, I'm sure this is only marginally helpful. Getting, getting a guy with PTSD to like read Plato is probably going to help some, but not all. But Jesus Christ, it's better than nothing. Yes. For um, fuck's sake. And I know, uh, on the off-off chance that you are a person who is of differing political opinion and you are hate-listening, uh, which, you know, we love all our listeners, even those that hate us. Uh, which, I mean, there, there will be. I mean, that's how, like, Howard Stern built a career on hate listeners. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Uh, which I'm more than happy to build a career. After I blow through the $100 million that... Um, that we're going to steal from GoFundMe. Yeah. Uh, then... Uh, you know, then I'll need the money that we get from advertising from all our hate listeners. Yeah. But if you are uh, listening and going like, look, we don't need that. Like, we don't need NPR. There's a thousand different, like, you know, uh, radio stations. We don't need PBS. I have 450 channels, you know, that I get with basic cable. Um, yes, you do. Uh, we do need those things. And we do need a lot of these other things that are kind of on the chopping block. We used to not have those things. And we have them because they make humanity better. They I make America challenge better. You, I challenge any of you listening, if you don't think that uh, PBS is great, to sit down and watch Antiques Roadshow and not be just massively entertained by it. It's one of the yeah. greatest shows ever made. And I say that as, as a complete cynic who hates everything. Yep. Uh, so... They got that yeah. painting guy. He's dead now, but they got his show. Right. His old paint- Sesame Street. Sesame Street. God. Wasn't Mr. Rogers on there too? Mr. Rogers was on there, sure. Yeah. Uh, all of these things are things that we... Um, that maybe we've taken for granted, but there are things that make us better as humans. And if we are solely focused on a security pledge that really means nothing of like let's build a wall there's uh, already a wall it's done nothing 
There are walls all over the fucking Mexican border, and they do nothing because people don't enter the country that way. And if they did, they would dig under the wall. If they were so, or go over the wall. You can't watch a wall. You can't watch hundreds of thousands of miles of wall. Are you done? It's so stupid. It is such a stupid, insane idea, and I cannot believe people are dumb enough to fall for it. The people entering this country who try to who 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 are that desperate to try and like fjord, ford the Rio Grande and fucking run for their lives across scorpion nests are not coming here to kill us. Some of them are coming here to give us drugs, which is a conversation we should be having in in relegalization. But the vast majority of them are fleeing the drug terror. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done. I'm not done. I'm done. Point being, uh, we shouldn't look at just things that we need from a uh, survival standpoint. Because uh, if, if those are the only things that we value, then that survival won't be what it could and should be. And I, I think there's a lot of people who don't realize uh, how often they benefit from those things that seemingly are not necessary for our survival. Well, there's there's that, but also like we live at the at the apex of a golden age of humanity right now, where like you can press a button and a pizza arrives, and and you can like you can go to a store and see fruit that was that that kings didn't have access to. You know, like just for the record, um, I have Alexa. So you can just I can just say I want pizza. You can say to the air. Yeah. Yeah. Like what how I understand that we're all sad and miserable uh, people. But like, how are you afraid? Uh, So um, so let's sort of get into, um, you know, a lot of times we will wait till the very, very end to kind of get into our our charity. Okay. uh, our charity this week is uh, Project Vote. Yes. Um, and we chose that uh, because over the, this, you know, this, uh, this argument that Trump is making, beyond just being petty and ridiculous, uh, is a door that I think that even, like, all of his Republican colleagues know that it is crazy. You know, they know that it is it is sort of an insane thing that they're, that, that he's saying, but enough people are going to believe it and enough people are going to be able to use that as, um, as fuel to increase voter restrictions. Right. Uh, and to uh, up voter ID laws. Right. And, and all that. Um, and it's groups like Project Vote um, that, that make a point of making sure that the maximum number of people can vote. Right. Um, you know... Uh, it's people who aren't paying attention uh, don't always fully understand like why voter ID is a bad thing. Right. Because uh, it's like, oh, well, you know, the the problem that you were referring to about like, I'm going to go from place to place and pretend that I'm, you know, guy X or whatever mm-hmm. can be mitigated by the fact that you go, okay, well, here's my driver's license. Right. I am this person. If somebody else came here, they'd have right. to have a driver's license. You know, that negates the, like, that makes it so that all those people cannot commit voter fraud right now but that treats the franchise as not a right 
Yes. It treats it as something that is can be taken away on the basis of did you even leave the house with your ID today? Well, maybe I didn't, but I still get the right the right to fucking vote. And the truth of the matter is, and I think it's one of those things that um that sometimes like your average Joe mm-hmm. might not realize is that not everyone has some form of photo ID. Right. Like, for example, the elderly who stopped driving. Right. Um, or, or minorities who never drove. Right. Um, or poor people who never drove. Right. Um, so and I bring up minorities simply because in the minority population, um, they are disproportionately affected by the fact right. that they don't have In order to get ID. an ID, if you're living hand to mouth, yeah. uh, in order to get an ID, you have to take a day off from work. Mm-hmm. You may not be able to afford it, but let's be honest: getting getting an ID is a day long process, as anybody's ever been to the DMV knows. You have to go there. You have to present multiple like forms. You have to fill things out. A lot of the country is functionally illiterate. Mm-hmm. Like that's an intimidating prospect. And again, one in, in seven. It's not illegal to be illiterate. It is. You're right, even if you are illiterate, to vote. People who have these concerns have every right to have their concerns heard in the way that you most loudly can state them in the, at the ballot box. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's shocking to me. Well, it's not shocking to my cynicism but it's shocking to me that people buy the idea by the idea that idea is somehow a solution to a problem um now now to be clear if if you want to if, if your feeling is that like everybody should have a photo id and that should be required to vote then you know what Let's spend a bunch of money and find a way to make sure that every American can get an ID in a way that is accessible for them. That we go to places, you know, um, that we make people are able to make appointments and go to work. And we, we had a, the same way right now that we have a flu drive, because we do. Like, there's so many different corporations right now where you, they'll have a day where you can come in and get a flu shot. Sure. Um, why not a get a photo ID day? You know, uh, why not have representatives that you can reach out to that will help you do that? Because if that's the issue, if the issue is that everybody needs a photo ID and we know that a percent, certain percentage of the population can't get them for whatever reason, then let's, let's figure out that and then get there. Right. Well, um, that's a very rational argument. Um, and of course it's not what's going to happen because this isn't about, uh, getting people the franchise and this isn't about protecting the franchise. This is about keeping certain people who tend to vote democratic from voting. So, so yeah. And that's, I think that's the point. That's the point. Is it, is it groups like this? VoteSmart.org is a nonpartisan group. Uh, is VoteSmart or... Um, Pro- uh, Project Vote, Project sorry. Vote, sorry. Project Vote. I think VoteSmart does it as well. Yeah, but let's go with Project Vote, just, yeah. for, just for grins. You know who used to work for Project Vote? 
A young go-getter out of Chicago named Barack Obama. And he did pretty well. He did, he did pretty good. Right. For, for a Kenyan immigrant, <laughs> he did pretty well. It's true. It's true. Um, I have, I, we should move on because you're going to take me down the field of like, why wasn't this a problem for McCain? Why wasn't that a problem for Cruz? Yes. Um, the, the, the point being that um, voter rights should be something that everybody is concerned about. Yes. Uh, and I, I know it's easy to say it, we should make it easier for everybody to vote. And then mm-hmm. that opens the door for people who should not be able to vote to vote. Um, but making it harder for people to vote selectively right. is really the issue that we're well, at Well, and I'd add that um, it veers very dangerously towards rule without consent. The more people you disenfranchise, the more people who don't feel represented, um, it when it gets to a large enough minority or a majority, as you have when 52% of the country votes one way and the 48% get their president, um, you get to the point where things get very dangerous. Maybe you like Donald Trump and what he's doing. That's fine. But you should consider that the vast majority of the country doesn't. And the longer you keep them under a heel, the worse it's going to be when they wriggle out. I, uh, I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to. Please do. I have a very small uh, sample set of Trump voters because I've unfollowed all of them except for one. Mm-hmm. And I won't get into who that one is because the repercussions will be great. Um, But as I look through his or her Facebook feed, uh, the thing that I I noticed was that a lot of posts were laughing at the pain of others. Uh, Were laughing at how stressed out uh, Democrats were and how scared they were calling them snowflakes and, and and things like that. And... Um, if we're doing that, that's a bad scene. Like, that should never be what we are striving for. And again, my sample size is one. I'm sure there are plenty of people that don't feel that way. But even if you are on opposite sides of a political stance, you should always be focused on trying to understand the other side's point of view versus they are crazy. With the exception... Of Nazis. Which brings us to Richard Spencer. Yes. Actual Nazi Richard Spencer, who went to the inauguration festivities because as the coiner of the term alternative right, he's feeling pretty high right now. He's riding high. Hail Trump. Hail Trump was what he was saying as people threw Nazi uh, salutes his way uh, on the night of the election. So anyways, Richard Spencer is getting interviewed on the street on Inauguration Day. And, um, you know, he's talking about how he, oh, he's not really a Nazi. He's not, he's not, he's not in, a fan of the Klan or anything like that. And somebody's like, what's uh, that button 
you're wearing, and it's a Pepe button, which is a Nazi thing. Mm. And he's starting to explain what it is. When out of nowhere comes this kid who just fucking cold cocks him mm. right in the face. Uh, you can see the video. You can see plenty I know, of remixes. A lot of people have. You can see plenty of remixes of the video. Just go look it up. Richard Spencer getting fu- punched in the fucking face. Um, and you and I are on opposite sides of this. I am not strongly. You're right. Against uh, so it. we're gonna debate this. Um, and we'll do we'll do a quick five minute we'll, debate, and yeah. then you know we'll, we'll have a, we'll have a quick tete a tete about this. Um, I come down on the side of um, punch Nazis in the face, and mm. Dustin comes down on the side of maybe don't punch Nazis in the face. Yeah, it's um, the reason I do is very MLK ish. <laughs> um, Great. You know, uh, in the sense that uh, once you stoop to the level of of that, once mm-hmm. you punch somebody in the face, that opens you up. Um, sure. There's a, you know, um, Tony, whatever the hell her name is, that blonde chick who's like got her own Facebook show that has like 10 million, whatever. I have literally no idea what you're talking about. There, there's a conservative like uh, web-based talk show host that has like 10 million subscribers okay. on Facebook that you and I never see. Right. She was on... I'm not on Facebook anymore, yeah, so I uh, extra don't see it. She was on The Daily Show, I think, about a month ago and had oh, a relatively yeah, famous... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know which one you mean. Um, and she sort of talked about how uh, Black Lives Matter is inherently a bad organization mm. because a handful of people said, kill cops, kill white people. Right, sure, you sure. Know, and all that. Um, and she extrapolated that out. Now, um, you and I both know that that is a ridiculous thing to... Mm-hmm. Um, to specifically say that, like, because a couple of people were a little insane, that the entire movement is invalidated. Right. That being said, um, it opens the door, which is why, sure. you know, um, you know, in Martin Luther King stuff, he was very much like, don't necessarily take it, but don't give them an excuse to invalidate you. Sure. And I think that's what we did. I think, um, use your words. Okay. Is, is my point. Um, well, here are some rejoinders. Um, in, in re, um, uh, they, uh, don't, don't give them ammunition. Do you know what was said about King? Oh, I know. Okay. So like that guy was a fucking saint. Right. But he won, didn't he? Did he? They I mean, killed him. I mean, no, he didn't win, but his movement they won. Shot, did they? Look, look at look at the inner cities. Look at look at the the black uh, uh, incarceration rate versus the white incarceration rate. Look at like things got better, but they didn't get great. Yes, you no, can, not, you can sit in an integrated lunch counter, but let's be, let let let's not call this a victory. One, but right, I'm, I'm not saying everything's great. I'm not saying like no, no, everything's I know equal, you're not. But I'm saying that like that. If you look back on it, like, and you look at the two sides that were fighting at the right. time, Martin Luther King's side but is he, arguably the side. But here's the, the thing about nonviolent, re- nonviolent protest. For it to be successful in a lot of cases, including specifically many of the cases that King employed it in, for example, the march across the bridge at Selma, for it to be successful, it requires violence. It doesn't require the participants in the march to be violent. It requires the violence and bestiality of the other side. Yes, and that's there in spades. 
that, that guy that guy has it in spades. That guy, uh, what I'm saying is when you provoke violence in others to show them as awful, it requires a conscience in your uh, in in the movable parts of your opposition, the people who can be reached, the people who can say, oh my God, the people who are on neither side who can say, oh my God. Nobody on Richard Spencer's side can be reached that way. I don't know you that I would You cannot sit down and say, and, and, and prov- A, you can't provoke him to punch you because he's too smart to do it publicly, and B, you cannot reach these people by letting them do violence to you because... This was already litigated but, by, a va- by a massive amount of violence. But, the, but, the, the, the Nazi thing has been litigated in World War II. 80 million people died. The Nazis lost. We had to kill most of them. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that you're going to convince Nazis. But that's what he is. He right, is a Nazi. Right. But that's not my point. My point is that by, by virtue of punching anyone then it gives you a sense that this is how this side deals with things that they don't like. They punch them. Everybody doesn't like Nazis. This is something everybody should have in common. If we're at the point where people are pointing to, to somebody hitting a Nazi and saying, well, that's how the left deals with blah, and blah is not Nazis, and that's how everybody should deal with Nazis, then the problem is much bigger than, than the fact that, that a Nazi got hit. All I can tell you is people like Richard Spencer have come out of the woodwork much more because they've been emboldened by this election, emboldened by their own echo chambers online, and are coming out in public now and walking around in public acting like Nazis. It is the duty, I feel, of every citizen who can get away with it. And there are reasons you may not be able to. You may be small. You may be uh, disabled. You may be alone and there may be many Nazis. You may um, uh, not be up for break, possibly breaking your hand. You may, not, you may not be up for the blowback. Wear a mask. You may not be up for uh, the potential for jail time because it is an illegal act to hit a Nazi. But people like Richard Spencer are now walking around in public and they should get back in private. And the only way you get them back in private is to hit them in the fucking face. I am inciting violence right now and I feel right, perfectly good about and it. I think that's dangerous. I feel perfectly fine about it because it's violence against Nazis. Oh, look, I'm pro. Okay. I'm going to give you a hypothetical situation mm-hmm. that has nothing to do with anything other than Please. I want to see what your answer to it is. Sure. Um, you go to a carnival. Yay. Carnival. And um, and there's a punch a Nazi uh, booth. Booth, great, right? Um, and it's five dollars a punch. Oh my god, I'm gonna break my hand. Right. Um, but the Nazi keeps two fifty of every 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 no, five dollars. You don't punch that Nazi. So you, uh, you you don't give him money. You wait for him to leave, and then you beat the shit out of him afterwards. No, but he go, he gets into an armored car, and and he gets driven. Into like some sort of black site that you will never. All find. right, then I then I get the name of the armored car company and I tell them I'm never working with you. I'm getting I and I fucking get everybody <laughs> I know to be and like, that, and that's going to damage their business so much. That's going to damage their business <laughs> if it's known that they're they're providing security services to a Nazi. Yes, 
I mean, it's not going to damage their business because you are not purchasing no, but their I'm, armored I'm putting car them, I'm putting them out there as 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 protecting Nazis. Okay. Um, so you wouldn't... I wouldn't give money to a Nazi to punch a Nazi, no. I'll have plenty of opportunity, if, if things keep going this way, to punch Nazis for free. Um, anyway, I, I, I feel like that's about the end of our, our show, now well, that you've yeah, accepted violence. L- let me, l- well, let me say this about that there's a lot of people who will say richard spencer's a human he's sad he's you know uh, obviously in a lot of pain um you don't humans shouldn't hit each other i want to be clear about what i'm advocating i'm advocating hitting nazis i'm not advocating hitting humans i think that if you look at the world since Nazism was created and see the horrors that Nazism wrought and see that Nazism lost a war so badly that the entire world got remade afterwards with strong protections against the rise of Nazism Nazism again and uh, that Nazis are reviled. I think if you look at the world and you see that and you say... Yeah, more of that. You're sacrificing your human card in a way that not even murderers sacrifice their human card. Now, I don't think you should get punished the way a murderer gets punished. You shouldn't go to jail for life or even be executed. You should just get punched in the fucking face until you get some fucking sense. That's all. And I think that doing that will, for folks who are not paying enough attention humanize that person because they will see the other they will see them as a victim Spencer staggered down the street and the first thing he did was start a jet fixing his hair don't worry nobody sees this guy as a victim some people do well fuck them uh so anyway uh please visit our charity again project vote project vote. Uh, is it dot org or dot com I, project uh, vote. Uh, uh we'll post a link to it uh on on the website which you should check out, although there's nothing other than the description of these podcasts. We're working on it. Yeah. We got Nazis to punch. Yes. <laughs> or speak very ill to. Yes. Mm, stern words. That worked. <laughs> World War II was all about stern words. Yeah. Um, ultimately, it was a very strongly worded letter uh, <laughs> that, that ended the whole thing. Yes, yes. You know, people like to claim that there was a lot of other stuff involved. No, no, no. Uh, strongly worded letter. Yeah. Uh, but written, like, written on good paper stock. Oh, yeah. You know. Solid. Like, right. It wouldn't work nowadays with, you know, with emails. printers and everything. No, no, no. Yeah, no. You got to you gotta get some calligraphy. Yep. You got to get some good paper stock. And you can't go to Staples for this shit. You got to go to, like, one of those old school stationery stores. Right. Um, that's what ends worth. Yes. Yes. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. Have a great week. Bye.